This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest, the podcast which brings you reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema and instead went straight to DVD, Blu-ray, and streaming media. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight is Richard Hawes. Hello, everybody. And Stephen Lockeridge. Hello. So this week's episode has a bit of a theme to it. It's all about people being enhanced in some weird, special ways. Uh, we're going to kick off with the film Mortal. Uh, we're going to move on to uh, another film called Shifter. Uh, then we have 2099, The Sol- Soldier Protocol. Our short shot this week is Hero. And we're going to wind up with an obscure but goody Soul Searcher. So, without any further ado, let's crack on. Our first review, then, is Mortal. This is a film from Norway, and it is about a young drifter called Eric who wanders into a small town covered in burns and with some very strange powers. A young um, counsellor called Christine is um, assigned to um, try, try and draw out from him what his background is and what is actually going on. Uh, but darker forces are gathering. Um, okay, so Rich, straight over to you with this one. Um, what were your thoughts? I liked it a lot, and I'm conscious that there's um, there's only so much we'd really want to say without spoiling it, because a lot of the a joy in the film is how it, you know, it, uh, holds back on the information that it reveals mm. it as the story goes along. But suffice to say that it, it, it covers similar ground to, uh, you know, like, super powered superhero movie kind of stuff but it, it touches on a lot of other things there's a lot of familiar elements to it but as much as anything else i would say i mean uh, as a good touchstone i'd say the born identity mm-hmm. it, it's, yep. it's got a very similar kind of plot of a hero who doesn't really understand much about himself and he goes on this journey and there's a woman along and she kind of helps him and gets caught up in the whole thing uh, and a relationship develops between the two which is really good um so it's it's doing a lot of things that we've seen before, but it's it's it is really well done, and the Norwegian landscape is just amazing. It is, isn't it? I mean, I, I, if if I was like the Norwegian tourist board, I'd be both thanking and hating this film at the same time, because because <laughs> it's all like you know it shows off the beauty of the place so well, but then there are certain elements to this film um, where you think, oh my god, I don't want to be caught in one of those storms, you know? <laughs> it's it's uh, pretty nasty, but, um, but yeah, no, it looks. Absolutely I'll tell you what, the fabulous. first. I tell you what, yeah, yeah. apart from like the Born Identity, another another film that came to mind like early on. Mm. First Blood. Mm, yeah. Do you see where yeah. I'm coming from with that one? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's got a very similar structure, and then there's like a fire starter element as well. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. So, St- Steve, uh, your initial thoughts on this? I uh, thought it was great. Really enjoyed it. Like you're saying, it's beautifully shot, uh, well acted, nice, even, like a slow pace to it as well. It's not. Mm in your face it's nice meandering and it kind of reminds me of like living in Norway if you, if you get what I mean I can imagine it being like that over there um, 
yeah, no, I thought it was really good. Really enjoyed this. It's it's really interesting to see a sort of Scandinavian take on this kind of film. You know, um, uh, recently mm. we, we we I won't go too far into what we discovered, but um, there's certain sort of legends that yeah. this sort of touches upon that have been sort of well, you know, it's, it's a well worn path. But you know, this is a nice take on it, um, and yeah, it's, it's just really interesting to sort of see you know, the, 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 this sort of scope applied, you know, to, to um, uh, sort of what is basically a Nordic noir kind of film. Um, you know, the characters yeah. in it could have been in any sort of like, you know, Norwegian sort of, or, you know, Swedish TV series like like The Bridge or something like that, you know. Um, yeah. And, and, but sort of put in this sort of slightly more fantastic setting. Um, yeah, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed this as well. I thought it was absolutely great. And, you know, as the film goes on and, you know, this guy's sort of powers are sort of developing and you're getting a more of a feel of where it's heading. Um, but then it sort of touches on other areas as well as, you know, sort of religious aspects um, of it all mm. as well, which, which which tend to be sort of overlooked in, in sort of more straightforward sort of comic books films. Yeah, so, I like yeah. It's, it is very distinctly Nordic as mm. well. But they're also, got, the, the director's Andre o Overdahl, who uh, was came to prominence because of Troll Hunter, which I've never seen. Oh, uh, he's yeah. done various mm. films, uh, uh, yeah. uh, including films in America. Like uh, he's, he worked on Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yep. He did the autopsy, autopsy of Jane Doe, which, funnily enough, shot down here in Kent. All right. uh, oddly enough, even though it's set in, in, in the states. That's really but bizarre. The, <laughs> um, but he's also, but he, uh, and yeah, I, I'll be honest. I haven't actually seen any of those films not even the scary stories one so uh, i'm very interested to check out more of his stuff what i thought was interesting about this is that the hero is an american uh, yeah. even though it's, mm. it's very distinct about its location that but it's got this outside he, he's both he's both an outsider and an insider because it, it's, it's, he's gone there to discover his heritage mm. and uh, so the film is is also pitched uh, sort of in that sort of midway so half of it is in norwegian and half of it's in english which I thought worked really well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I thoroughly recommend this film. As, as you say, we, we, we don't want to sort of t talk too much about the actual sort of plot because uh, a it's it's kind of a well worn path, um, although with a sort of Nordic sort of slant to it. But you know, the joy is sort of in the, in the discovery of, of where it's heading. I think as well. Um, I just want to mention one specific scene with you, mm -hmm. uh, and it's the overtaking on a mountain road scene. Oh yeah. Why would she try and overtake that truck? I know. Yeah. Wasn't well, that just really bad driving? Well, it's it's really bad driving, and and just like show, shows that she wasn't really thinking straight because she yeah. suddenly put in the guy in a very stressful situation, as you know. <laughs> Which is exactly what happened, you know. It's like, well, you didn't quite think this through. There was no need to overtake him, really. Exactly. There wasn't. <laughs> yeah. It was like the most bizarrely contrived sequence. Yeah. But apart from that, I thought it was great. I thought um, Christine was really good as well as a character. Yeah. Uh, sort of yeah. quite nice, well-rounded, in the usual sort of girl along for the ride, you know, like mm. Radon Chong or Maria Conchita Alonso in the, in the old Schwarzenegger films and stuff. Mm. But she's got... Um, she's introduced with you know she's at a difficult time yeah uh, in her life mm. and uh we get sort of we get a nice 
we get a nice arc for her basically which i thought worked really well so the so the, there's a lot there's the strut and the policeman as well you know the, yeah like the head yeah of the, the sheriff yeah. guy i thought he was brilliant yeah that yeah. character was you know totally opposite of what you'd Very expect understated, right? yeah hmm. yeah no, yeah he's not, not what you expected from him he, i just you know expected him to be straight down the line you know mm. bit of a grouchy bugger you know but he's he's, he's, he's again it's a really well-rounded character. I think they all are. Even the minor character. The only character I don't think really works is the... I don't want to spoil anything, but the, the other <laughs> the, American. The other American, yeah. 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 Bit, Even uh, that, I would say, is interesting because they cast an, an Asian actress. Hmm. Uh, in, in, yeah. You know, an, uh, uh, Indian, in, you know, Indian actress or... Hmm. or, or American, which is again is not not what you would expect a uh, female uh, character. So um, yeah, yeah except, there's lots really yeah. <laughs> except she acts exactly like an American would. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, <laughs> she she does everything you'd expect an American in that position in that position to do. No, I un yeah, I understand. It's just that the ethnicity is is no, you're right. Un yeah, is unusual. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, are you going to score this, Mike? Oh, I want to score a good eight, I think. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go eight with you as well. And Steve? Yeah, I'm gonna go eight as well. Awesome. Yeah, so eight. yeah, we thoroughly recommend this. Um, so this is Mortal, directed by Andre Orvidal. Or um, it'll be out very soon. So check it out. Our next review is Shifter. Teresa Cheney is a gifted young woman who has invented her own time machine in a barn. Given in, giving in to temptation, she uses the device on herself, teleporting herself back in time by two hours. Initially pleased with her success, she soon starts to encounter some terrifying side effects. Um, this is very much a sort of very indie, sort of mumblecore style um, sort of sci-fi movie, uh, Rich. Um, it's it's pretty slow to get going, you know, uh, lots of arty shots, lots of sort of, you know, minimalist dialogue, but eventually it does sort of start kicking into gear when, um, when, when things start going wrong. Yeah, I, li I liked it a lot. The, um, the, the, this is the released or, uh, it's released by the Horror Collective, I believe, that's, or it's pre presented correct, yeah. by them. <laughs> and I, we've covered a few of theirs before and I don't think they've put a foot wrong yet. Uh, it, from what I can recall, because this is another very visually striking film with a with an engaging uh, plot and a, you know well executed story. Mm. So the, the it starts out with like you say, it's got these um, very arty shots, but so you know, so did Mortal. Mortal yes, is very arty yeah. opening, yeah. Uh, very enigmatic. Um, and the title comes up when the title comes up. It's it's a you know bang on nod to the thing. Yes, which I thought was quite quite nice, <laughs> and there's lots of little um, references, you know, tips of the hat or, or you know, mm. uh, homages to loads of other films through the through the whole structure of the film, from the device that she's building, which you know, and the plot and the way, and her using it, which is like a and well, and the body horror as well, very much mm. a nod to David Cronenberg's The uh, The Fly, really. Yes, there there um, is a bit of that to it, yeah. That's for sure. But there's elements of the Invisible Man, and it sort of seems to be. Little, it seemed to me there were sort of little nods to various other things in there. 
but the, in terms of what kind of a movie it is, I would say it's very, it would do very well in a double bill with Primer. Yes, it, it's not quite as obtuse as, as Primer. Um, it, it doesn't try to explain the mechanics of time travel as, as, as heavily, you know, um, but, it, but it does a good job of showing how this sort of looping works. You know, I mean, there's a couple of scenes where she more or less walks in on herself, you know, um, when, when she's at work. Yeah. Um, she, you know, she realizes that she's the one in the cubicle throwing up sort of later on, you know, um, yeah. which is quite good. And, and it's good the way you sort of see both sides of the timeline as well. So, yeah. you know, we see her run through certain events one way, and then we sort of see it from the outside as, as, she, as she's observing them um, as they've happened again. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was and for the most very part, it's a, And for the most part, it's very much a show-don't-tell kind of film. There's not a lot of exposition in it. I mean, there's one scene that really stands out where she's like explaining the explaining the idea, uh, a plot point uh, to her mm. cat, I think. But for the most part, they don't really do any of that. There's no internal monologues or, or anything or narration. Uh, she's a very isolated character. Yes. Uh, you know, ex extremely much on, her, you know, very much on her own. She's you know, she makes this incredible discovery at the start of the film and she's got literally nobody to celebrate with. Mm. Uh, so she just kind of goes out on her own and that doesn't really work out very well. No. Um, and she, so she's just, she just feels like she's just completely alone in the world because she was uh, for a long time taking care of her father mm. and he's passed on. And without, without him uh, you know she she's really unable to forge any connections but there's these nice relationships a couple of or one specific relationship that she develops in the film yeah uh, which is quite nice um yeah there's a lot of foreboding you know it's not very although it's from a hot from the horror collective it's not really a horror movie for the most part uh, there are sort of more horror horror bits but there's these little inserts of mm. like I don't know what it is. It's like bubbling. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty freaky. Because yeah, bubbling cause stuff. It's sort of like um, I suppose what it's trying to convey is what's happening internally, almost. You know, because yeah. it's it's like all this sort of very sort of wet, red, sort of sinewy sort of stuff, sort of like being torn apart. You know, and it looks really weird. You know, um, but it gives you this sort of sense of foreboding all the way through the film. Um, so yeah, yeah there's, there's, there's uh, the one thing I didn't, I wasn't keen on was the actual visual effects of mm -hmm. the, the sort of coming undone, mm. the sort of invisibility, not invisibility, but when she's sort of, when she's shifting basically. Basically, yeah. And um, mm -hmm. I, I did, uh, the way the things appear on her palm and on her face and stuff, the CGI didn't quite gel with Do the you visuals. Know, yeah. so it, do you know, like back in this sort of the early two thousands, every single horror film had this sort of like sort of black smoke effect, you know, sort of sort of like black lines coming out of the eyes and that sort of thing across the skin. You know, it, it's it's that style of effect. It's probably quite cheap to do now, but it was the thing to have in your movie back then. You know, sort of like black black pupils and then sort of black veiny bits coming out of your body. You know, it. Um, <clears throat> I reckon it was yeah, it was probably something that was reasonably easy for them to do. Um, yeah, no, I, I really liked it. The, the, the bit with the where she goes on a date with this guy that she knew from I think she knew from from school or something, and it, it goes really shit basically because the guy's like just staring at his phone the whole time and being a bit of a dick. 
And We've then, seen scenes like this before. Well, exactly. But what was good <laughs> is, you know, when she goes back um, and she sees really how bad he is, you know, uh, you know, yeah. she finds out some other bits about him as well. So, so you kind of on her side when she's sort of, you know, the fact that she's done this, gone back in time and, you know, to, to get a bit of sort of revenge, you think, yeah, good on you. Uh, but may, maybe you might want to wait to sort of see if there are any side effects to your cat first. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's a good scene because that, the early scene when she's out on that day is mm. something happens that you don't realise is until later being affected by something she does later. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, a, so it, it's it's very much. I think if if people like you know anybody who likes Chris Nolan films and stuff would really like this. Yeah. Well, any any you know fans of tr time travel movies in general, I think you know th this takes its, mm. its its central conceit quite seriously. Um, you know, even though it doesn't sort of explain it very well, I think the mechanics of what happens make sense. You know, you're not sort of looking at any sort of major plot holes or anything as a cause of it. Um, so I think it works really well. I mean, yeah, no, I, and it, it's got a very, I mean, it has a sort of, quite a sort of elegiac um, sort of pace to it all the way through. Um, but, you know, it does sort of pick up as, as she's sort of phasing in and out sort of more and more. Uh, quicker that there's a really you know it's a sort of like melancholic bit where she walks in on herself in the bathroom and it's like well how long have I got till the next time a phase is like well not long <laughs> it's like happening now sort of thing <laughs> which is uh, quite good so yeah um, it, it, this is you know it's quite an unusual film very well made very well acted um, I thought Nicole Fancher did a great job as um, Teresa so, yeah, Absolutely. How, how are you going to score this one? Uh, I'm going to give this one another eight as well. Um, it's directed by uh, Jacob Leighton Burns, who mm -hmm. I've not heard of before, but he's got a very extensive uh, filmography as both short films and features in various capacities, including director and, and cinematographer. So, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely keen to check out more of his work. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the film does look great, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so I think... I think I'm going to drop it to a seven, just mainly because of the pacing, I think, um, which is going to make it a little less accessible to, uh, for, for some people. But if you're into time travel movies, um, th this is a damn good one. Our next review is 2099 The Soldier Protocol. Uh, in this one, a young paraplegic prisoner called Matt is volu or volunteers or is he volunteered um, to take part in a, a new experiment which he's promised will give him the, um, the use of his legs back but at a cost. Uh, from what I understand this is a Australian production Rich? Yes, yes it is. Yeah, um, it's uh, also known as the wheel in, in some regions I think and this is um, again. This is uh, in some ways this is the stuff we've seen before, I think. But it does have a sort of interesting spin on it. Uh, I'm going to hand this over to Steve to to kick off. Um, yeah, like I say, I enjoyed this. It was good. It's more. Like you say, it's been it's been done before, without a doubt. Um, possibly even better, but it's just intriguing the way you know he's basically taken into this thing, locked up in a cell, tortured, and 
experimented on, you think, but mm. you, you don't know where it's coming from. And obviously, you've got the two doctors who are watching and doing the experiments as well. And you kind of think that it's going to involve them a bit more than you think it than it at the start. Mm. And no, it's good. It's not the best thing I've seen in the world, but. It's not definitely not terrible, and I, I was very surprised by um, David Arquette as well. He was very good in this. Yeah, it's very interesting yeah. seeing see him in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, th so this definitely has some horror overtones. It, it, I mean, it's sort of aimed at sort of being, you know, sort of a martial arts kind of thing. But really, the, you know, there's there's more sort of horror to this. I think you know the idea that this guy's been yeah experiment. You know, he's been given these sort of nanobot things, you know, which are sort of um, repairing his body so he can use his legs and things. But then you got guys coming in yeah. and breaking his arm and stuff to sort of, see, you know, just to see if it'll heal. Um, yeah. we, we, just, we just kind of freaky as well. Uh, Rich, over to you. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. The, um, it, when you see it, when I saw the original poster and, and that for the wheel, mm. this, I, I did not connect that this was the same movie when, when this turned up. Um, because the cover, they've checked the the not only the title but the cover art is like completely different. Mm. The 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 wheel artwork, well, the wheel obviously the title is quite enigmatic, uh, and the and the poster was like a central pit figure of like a like a martial arts pose guy holding a sword, I think, and uh, and this one is like a dystopian future. Uh, David Arquette's face, you know, in the middle, you know, it's all sort of like okay, you think it's going to be more about scientists and and whatever but so, so but the film itself kind of sits between both posters really i don't think the the original concept poster or the original poster for the wheel uh, did it justice either really because it's not a full-on martial arts film although there are some really good sequences in it it does it opens with a sequence and then uh, as the central character gets stronger uh, it, it, he you know he becomes more formidable and has, you know, more impressive battles. But it's it's more about the observers, really, yeah, uh, yeah. including David Arquette, but but specifically um, Kendall Ray as Dr. Alison Turner. So she's the the um, the other lead, basically. She comes in as the outsider to take part to oversee the experiments, uh, and uh, she's she seems to be someone who's willing to do whatever it takes. Uh, with uh, experiments, experiment subjects, and that's what the the corporation that have hired her are, are banking on. Yeah, uh, and things don't quite work out that way. She's uh, she's she's very cold, but there's a lot more going on under the surface, and that plays a key role as the story develops. Uh, and also, um, David Arquette's character is very cold, and he's using a drug as a as an empathy suppressant. To try and to, to get him through, uh, but so, but he 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 is, he's sort of he's doing what he feels he has to do, and he he feels justified in doing. Mm. She she is a very different kind of character who's, who's willing to take a you know a different different stand on things. So that's quite an interesting dimension. It's not so much it's not all about. Uh, is it uh, is the guy Matthew the, the lead character? I can't remember. Yeah, if, if that's yeah, yeah Matt. Matt, he's called, yeah, yeah. Matt yeah. yeah. So and he's got his own motivations because he's got a daughter on the outside. You know, typical kind of uh, wrongly imprisoned kind of plot thing going on. 
uh, yeah, so it all plays out. It's, it's an Australian production, but it plays like an American production. Uh, they've, they've, they've intentionally gone that route. And uh, it all works very well, I thought. You know, if you like stuff like Cube and things, I'm not sure about the platform, whether that would fit in with this kind of thing, because I haven't it's, seen it. But it's, it's that very much it. Yeah, it's got a very similar visual style to, to the platform. Mm. That's for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, it's all the about the location, interlocking you know. rooms, and it ro and it moves around, and mm. the, the rooms are very nondescript. Uh, uh, and uh, you could, you know, it's a low budget production, but they make a lot of what little they've got. Absolutely, yeah. there's um, there's a really good scene when they're inside inside this huge sort of cavernous building, um, uh, and you know, sort of having to sort of rappel down the side and everything like this. It, it does look quite impressive at times. Yeah, no, I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, probably not as much as the other two films we've covered this week, but um, yeah, it was definitely a, a strong effort. How are we going to score this one, uh, Steve? Um, I'll give it a six. Mm -hmm. and I'll go slightly higher on a seven. I'm going to join Steve on a six for this one. So yeah, this is definitely um, worth checking out. It's on Amazon Prime. So if you're a Prime subscriber, um, it's there for you to use, for you to, to watch. Um, and, and it's definitely worth doing. So check it out. That's 2099, The uh, Soldier Protocol. Our short shot this week is Hero. In this short film, two quarrelling brothers set out on an adventure in their neighbourhood and discover what it means to be a hero. Um, so th this is really interesting, this one, because it's, it, it starts off in kind of typical fashion where we got a guy um, stand, you know, in a standoff against a villain who looks very much like the, um, uh, the guy from Street Fighter. Is it bison? And um, yeah. you know, and, and then this other cop turns up and he's like, "Oh God, what are you doing here?" And then it turns out the whole thing is actually just a bunch of kids sort of um, play, you know, playing soldiers, um, which is a great idea. And it focuses on this, you know, the love-hate relationship between um, a younger and older brother. Um, you know, the younger ones having to sort of tag along. Um, much the other ones chagrin and they have these sort of you know little mini adventures which are really well realized um before you know an accident happens towards the end and, and things come to a head but I, I thought this was really really clever um steve what about you yeah i mean when it started <clears throat> and i just thought hang on this acting is terrible <laughs> what the hell's going on? You know, when you, you know, I'm going to shoot you in the dick and stuff like that. I'm like, what? Yeah. This is crap. And then all of a sudden, it completely switches and bang, you're there with the kids and you're like, right, I get it now. And then it starts jumping for all these genres. So you've got like, you know, Fast and Furious, Furious and then yeah. like, you know, Platoon and stuff mm. like that. And it, it was really charming, actually. It's really, really good. I, like I said, that first couple of minutes really threw me off. Because, like, mm. it, it was kind of like Street Fighter, you know, like the Van Damme one. Yes, like, it was. It was very much like that, yeah. You know, but and then you get the emotional heft at the end and, you know, brothers quarrelling. And, no, it was really, really sweet and charming to me there. Really yeah. good. Yeah, I thought we enjoyed it. Uh, Rich, how about you? Yes, abs uh, absolutely. The... Um... I thought it was great. How, as, a, as a short film, I thought it was great how it's a very 
succinct, self-contained story with a, 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 a well-defined beginning, middle and end and really good characters. Mm -hmm. uh, very well made, good concepts and stuff. But, uh, but I've, as well as that, you know, it's, it's, it's got that same kind of nostalgia and that sort of mature juvenile uh, entertainment value yeah. of, you know, of the great kids' movies of the past. You know, you can definitely mm -hmm. see that this has been influenced by, you know, the sort of 1980s Steven Spielberg and, and uh, you know, Richard Donner and all that uh, with, you know, the, the movies that came out of that era, you know, where, um, you know, they were, they were kids' movies, but they had an edge uh, and stuff. And I thought this yeah, was... Yeah, kind of like, um, like Stand By Me or something like that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 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 Now, there's a film I'm thinking of, and I can't remember the title, which is, it is basically about all these kids playing like soldiers in the woods. But all the sound effects and things are like sort of real weapons. Has uh, seen I know what you, mean. you know which one I mean? It was it was really good. It was basically about this one guy who's like the king of of playing this, um, and his relationship with his sort of best mate and things like that. Uh, I just can't remember what it was called, but it was a damn good film. But um, yeah, and that, this reminded me of that. I also it thought it fitted, like, it fitted in nicely well, with it? like films like Darker Colors. Darker. Oh yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it would make a good double bill with that. I it think. would. Very, two very different films, but they're they're both quite mature in in some of the mm. content. But you know, they have they have kind of a big payoff. Well, I mean, that was much more of a teaser, whereas this is kind of a very self-contained yeah, self story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's sort of nicely rounded off. But but yeah, dark dark darker colours has that sort of. Um, similar idea well yeah of, of sort of kids imagination isn't it basically it's yeah. sort of playing on that and and, and fully realizing it yeah mm. definitely yeah absolutely but yeah this is on um youtube we'll have the link in our um in our footnotes as usual definitely check it out it's got some great production values you know the um the way they shoot the you know the fast and furious style bit um and the actors you know so the, you got the guy with all the tattoos and everything sort of you know the older brother uh i just thought it looked really really cool uh, i thought some of the editing where they cut between the two you know like he takes oh, his yeah. shirt off yeah and then they cut and then it sort of like he turns <laughs> around and it cuts back to him being a little boy and then he turns back around again and he's he's like a, the channing tatum kind of guy <laughs> so i thought it was really good yeah very well done indeed uh it's 13 minutes long easily fit it into your lunch hour check it out our dtv throwback this week is soul searcher uh, in this uh, street sweeper joe fallow is approached by the alien grim reaper who offers to train him as his replacement becoming the new face of death Elsewhere in town, an evil force threatens to merge the worlds of hell and earth into one, and only Joe, assisted by an enigmatic, uh, enigmatic supernatural bounty hunter, can stop it from happening. Okay, so this is a very obscure film, um, and it was apparently made for £28,000, I believe. Yes. Yeah. It's a British production from 20, some 2005, and you know what? For the most part, I think this is an incredible effort. Um, there's a lot of this sort of thing going around, uh, especially on Netflix. You know, shows shows like We're Assassins, uh, the latest one, Warrior Nun. We've had like Shadow Hunters, all with this sort of idea of like an outsider being brought into, 
you know, this sort of supernatural sort of level, you know, the, the idea of like, you know, the world that you know is just the candy cut, ca candy topping on, you know, um, on top of what really happens to Paris. It's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's mm. kind of that thing, you know, um, but done really well. I mean, so, you know, the guy who did this, um, just bear me Neil Oseman. Neil Oseman is, you know, he's a renowned uh, cinematographer and he makes this film look probably about 10 times his budget at least, you know, um, I think it looks fantastic. Um, it's got some great scope to it. Um, you know, so some of the special effects are actually really well done. The whole ending, you know, this whole chase sequence, uh, I was watching the film thinking he's, he's managed to throw just about everything in here apart from a decent car chase. And then we get this car slash train sort of big finale, which, I, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing um, overall. I mean, okay, it's low budget. It's going to attract, um, you know, not, not as experienced actors. The script for my money, you know, it, it, it needs another work through to get some of the dialogue right. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm picking holes, you know, very small holes, basically, in what was, I thought was a very good production. Uh, Rich, over to you. Yeah, I love that uh, this, this was, um, I don't even, I, I saw it when it came out, um, Black Horse Entertainment released it on DVD in 2006, and it was a, a bumper, uh, bumper release because it had the uh, hour and a half documentary uh, all about the making of the film mm. on it as well as various other uh, extras and stuff so it was a really good package and you can still pick it up for about four quid but the um, but the film itself it it gets off it gets off and running really quick mm. so you 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 you've seen like the first sweeps scenes sweeps uh, sweeping bit yeah. and then this the action sequence kicks in, which is like good on good old um, you know uh, Hong Kong style influence uh, choreography, uh, which is really good. And, you know, quite you know a lot of people were trying it around that time, mm. uh, and and uh, you know that's you know sort of where Ross Boyask and everyone's sort of come up from around you know sort of the early two thousands and that doing all that sort of thing, showing their influences, uh, and it, I thought they the fights. Although they didn't, the guys on screen, the actors, hmm. uh, weren't, you know, accomplished fighters. I thought they did, the choreographers and that and the doubling and that all worked well to, to make those sequences work. Uh, and that was just quite sort of quite impressive with the press, with the pace really and the ambition and the scope of the film yeah. and the characters. And there's a really warm uh, romance, you know, it's a difficult romance, romantic plot that hasn't, uh, you know, uh, quite a nice... Uh, not the payoff that you would necessarily might hope for the character, but you know it works really, really well. There's a lot of pathos in there. Um, you like the characters. I mean, the it's very much of its time. There's a there's a whole load of promotion of this band King Monkey <laughs> yeah. in there, <laughs> so which was very very much showing how like the whole pop punk, pop pop punk and punk was you know very much a uh, mm. what what the you know uh, there was a lot there was a whole scene around that which was the same as when when i was younger as well uh, i remember all that and um yeah I was, I, was, I was just really impressed with it at the time like i'd discovered something quite special uh, mm -hmm. and i haven't watched it for a long time and, and watching it again now uh, i felt ex really exactly the same way the only difference was i felt that it is too long the film yeah. really needed to have been cut down it was an hour and 40 minutes uh, but all, after all is said and done, you know, I thought it was an incredible achievement. It, it was hell to make by all accounts. 
and uh, he, I thought I think he did a great job, and I think it's a real shame that he hasn't actually directed another film since. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Steve? What do you make of uh, Soul Searcher? I'm I'm going to be the party pooper on this. I didn't enjoy it at all. <laughs> no, I mean I I get where he's coming from. I get he's only twenty eight grand, but I think the concept's a good idea. And like you said, it's been done many times before, but. The acting was terrible. The, the, the effects were awful. The only decent effect, I think, was the train at the end. But then again, you can tell it's, it's a miniature, but <laughs> that was the only thing. I mean, the bit where they say, where the banshee comes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to me, it was like, it was like something out of the ghost, ghost train in Blackpool. It, <laughs> I just, no, I just didn't think that the acting... The main guy, um, what's he called? Joe, is it? Uh, yeah, so Ray, Ray Bullock Jr. Is just, uh, the yeah. Actor, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell what he was saying half the time. He was just, he had a face like a slapped ass, <laughs> And there was no urgency in, in the fighting or anything like that. It was very, very choreographed, if you know what I mean. There's no, it wasn't fluid enough to me. And it, the, the only thing, I think the best thing I'd go in for it was his love interest, Heather. Yeah. She, she was good. She was really good. But apart from, it's got one of the most cringiest things I've ever seen as well, where they're dancing in the cafe. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. Thing. Oh. <laughs> you know, if they'd been on the vodka all night, I could understand, but it had a cappuccino. Yeah, it, it was just uh, I was up there cringing, cringing watching it. But no, no, yeah, there, there's, there's definitely elements here, you know, that sort of strike of I don't know, sort of like film school kind of level, um, mm. sort of writing and things, you know, that's that sort of scene, yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I, I think with a film like this, uh, yeah, I don't know if you have to give the acting a pass. Or, you know, I, th- I think it was serviceable. I, th- I think the script itself needed another work through um, mm. to help because, you know, some of the dialogue is a bit stilted. You know, the way they sort of say their lines doesn't really sort of like, it doesn't flow very well, uh, particularly. Mm. So, so, you know, it needed to be a bit more organic. But other than that, you know, I didn't have a major issue with the acting, I must admit. No, I, I, I see. I mean, it's not everyone's cup, cup of tea. I can appreciate. I, I thought Steve would enjoy it more, uh, you know, because um, I don't know why. I, I just thought it might be sort of. Don't uh, get me wrong. I mean, I like a bit of trash, but it no, just didn't. Well, I wouldn't call. I'd say I wouldn't really. I wouldn't call this trash. I, I just. No, you know, but, you, I thought, but you know what I mean. I, yeah. Well, you know, micro budget film basically. So yeah. the. Um, or a bit. A, a bit of silly fun, you know, something yeah. along those I mean, lines. I... But I think that's what it was. I think it was taking itself too seriously, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, it's very much... I think this is the kind of... It's not done to, you know, to the kind of level that you could, it, you know, it could, des- you know, deserve, maybe. That's why I think, mm. really, this is this it's the kind of film that's kind of rife for a, a big-budget Hollywood remake. Because I think something like, um, yeah. you know, the... the uh, the Nicolas Cage film, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, 
sort yeah, of very really much, sort yeah, of springs to mind as a very yeah. similar kind of movie. Yeah. And they've tried yeah. to make, they've made that with millions and millions, and this is made for not much money and at all uh, mm. with, you know, very little, very little resources. The guy's basically done it all himself. I don't know. I've seen, it's not like I haven't seen a lot of micro, I mean, I have seen a lot of micro budget films uh, and this one just kind of really jumped out at me yeah. personally. Uh, I, I think beca because of the sort of martial arts stuff, which I personally thought was really well done, uh, you know, notwithstanding a couple of uh, issues, uh, you know, like the, um, what's it? The guy who's death basically wears this weird sort of sausage thing around his tummy, which I thought was supposed to be yeah. bones or something, but I couldn't quite understand, but that doesn't yeah. quite work. And, you know, they haven't got the, you know, the, the we uh, they're sort of whip, whipping around the scythe and stuff like uh, like it's supposed to be like Darth Maul in um, in uh, <laughs> in Star Wars or something. So it's all very tr it's it's trying really hard, but I think to a certain extent it, it it to the most part it works. And I like those big like the big the sequence with the train and the car and you know mm. the way they've worked in the model work, which is really obvious. You know, there was no other way they were going to be able to do that kind of thing. And I thought, of all things considered, you know, it's not monsters, but you know, he, they, they they were trying to work with, you know, the 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 things that they had to be able yeah. to try and do that stuff in at their at home kind of thing. It's it's interesting. Yeah. And I think yeah, I think it's really if you're interested in filmmaking, especially, I think watching this guy's film and the making of and all that sort of stuff. Would be really I'll, interesting as much as I'll be honest with you. El Mariachi. Or... I'll be honest with you. I, I think I'd probably enjoy the documentary more. <laughs> I think you probably I think would. You yeah. could say you that know. in a lot of cases. Yeah, I think yeah, the, yeah. The, the the documentary. I think is probably, uh, you know, really. Uh, I haven't watched it for a long time, but I do remember it being really quite fascinating. Of uh, the difficulties and how what what kind of a slog it was to really get through the production process and, and you know production process and complete the film. Um, by the way, Richard Brake's in this as well, who was in, who turned up in uh, Arthur and Merlin oh, right. recently, yeah. uh, and yeah. loads of other stuff. But he's kind of the the only sort of known actor, mm. and he's in Rob Zombie stuff in the in that these days. But uh, yeah, yeah. He's the, yeah, he pop he pops up, but his his character's quite weird because he, he kind of seems important, but then he's gone really quickly. Yeah, uh, I didn't I didn't really quite kind of get that. Anyway. Um, Oseman made his, this film was released in 2006. By 2012, he'd put it on YouTube for free. So it's yeah. out there, uh, completely legitimately free to watch. So we'll put a link in the, uh, the footnotes to this as well. Um, it is interesting, just to finish off, um, you know, he made this in 2005, 2006. Um, and, you know, for, for minuscule budget and whatever problems he actually had making it. But, you know, the, the, we, we know, for, for example, how things have moved on, how technology's moved on since this. And I'll just cite um, the, uh, the film The Cure that we covered a while back, mm. which again was made for peanuts. I think it was like 12,000, something like remember that. remember, yeah. And, yeah. And, and it looked absolutely, you know, it was, even though that was a short, you know, they, they packed in so many car chases and stunts and all sorts into that, you know, all with the help of computers. So yeah, um, you know, if if somebody was to remake that sort of film again, um, you know, they probably wouldn't need that much money to sort of make it look good. So there you go. But anyway, how are we going to score this? I'm going to hit, get you, Steve, to come up with your score first. 
We don't usually score uh, the throwbacks, do we? I'm going to say, oh, yeah. Christ. Right, I'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We don't do that. Yeah. Okay, hang on. One, two. Of course, we don't uh, score the uh, the DTB throwbacks, um, but we do recommend it. It's um, as as Rich said, it's free on YouTube. It's uh, an official release by the director, um, so we'll put the link in the footnotes. Um, check it out. And that is the end of this week's show. So thank you to Rich and Steve for joining me. Thank you. No problem, sir. Mm -hmm. And. Thank you for listening and tune in again next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.